Hello and welcome to the first official episode of View from the Tunnel podcast brought to you by Mongoose Sports and Entertainment. Coming up, we have two incredibly special guests, the first of which is a man called Stephen Power. You will know him if you're on Twitter as the racing blogger, changing the face of racing for the better. Blogsy gets down and dirty, I'd say, with the horse racing world. He is in and around every race course across the country and he will be doing exactly the same thing at Cheltenham next week. He's there with his selfie stick. You know, he interviews the right people. He has the right tips. He's got the knowledge, everything you could want from a Twitter follower and more. Go and follow him at The Racing Blogger. Following The Racing Blogger is the head of media relations at Oddschecker and co-host of the Not The Top 20 podcast, George Ellick. Oddschecker, if you don't know, is the UK's most popular odds comparison site. George is right in the thick of it there. If there's one man to listen to before Cheltenham for some tips to win you some much needed cash, I'm sure it is George Ellick. So stay tuned for him. To get you in the mood before you hear from our guests, let's just revisit 2017 Cheltenham Festival and the iconic moment when Mike Bite turned towards the Guinness tent uh, instead of charging over the finish line. The final fence for Mike Bite. Oh, not his best effort, but he gets away with it. Whisper trying to close, and Mike Bite is beginning to paddle. He's drifting off a true line. He hangs fire, and Whisper's coming home straight as a gun barrel. Nico de Boinville tries to straighten out Mike Bite, who rallies on the near side. Mike Bite coming back, and Whisper, it's tight. He's getting the wobbles. He's drifting over to the near side, pulling himself up. Whisper now draws alongside. Mike Bite might have thrown this away. Whisper joins in. I am delighted to welcome my first ever guest to the View from the Tunnel podcast, Stephen Power, also known and known to many of you, I'm sure, as the racing blogger. Uh, Stephen, or Blogsy, welcome. How are you? Milo, it's great to be here. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing and very much looking forward to the Cheltenham Festival. The build-up has been fantastic and uh, we're only a few days away now. Yeah, well, that was my first question, if you were excited, but I can I can tell from your voice that you are. I've only been to Cheltenham once and it was last year and I absolutely loved it. Uh, you have probably been multiple times, uh, I'm sure. Um, I just thought to start with, you could just describe what Cheltenham is, what makes it so special. You know, why should people go? Why should people buy tickets, sell it to the to the listener? Right. So pretty much, it's the Olympics of horse racing. Um, it's the major pinnacle for national hunt racing, and for all of us crazy national hunt fans, we really look forward to this week like no other. The build-up is absolutely tremendous. You've got all of these Willie Mullins hot pots. You've got the Paul Nichols yard, Nicky Henderson, Gordon Elliott. And it's basically all of the championship horses running in one week. Everyone makes the trips down to Cheltenham. We're all based in and around the Cotswolds and Cheltenham town. And basically the whole place is on fire for the whole week. The energy down there is absolutely insane. The roar on day one is phenomenal. Uh, you get to see a load of your old friends. The atmosphere in the pubs at night time is absolutely electric. And it's basically, it's the pinnacle of National Hunt. If you haven't been, you need to get yourself down there, walk around, experience the Guinness tent. And I guarantee if you go to the Cheltenham Festival, I think you'll be hooked for life. I was going to mention the Guinness tent, so I'm glad that you did. Um, if, that, if that doesn't sell it to people, I don't know what will. Absolutely. Can we just talk about your first experience of, of Cheltenham? You know, if, if you can remember it, 
what stuck with you? Was it the raw? Was it the Guinness tent? I don't know how young you were when you first went, but if you could just tell, you know, your first experience. I mean, my first experience, like most kids, was watching it on TV. So my grandmother, Mary Power, got me into racing when Isterbrack won his first champion hurdle. And that was actually 20 years ago. Now, believe it or not, my first trip to Cheltenham was only two years ago, wow. <laughs> which is a bit of a revelation here. Um, but I've been, I think I've been about nine times since. So this will be my second festival. Uh, my first experience was just how big the race course actually is compared to a lot of the others. Um, the atmosphere there, you kind of see everyone off of social media, the friends you make along the journey on Twitter, they're all down there. You know, there's such a buzz. It's kind of unlike any other course. And it's just uh, it's just a tremendous feeling to be down there. And, and it's quite special. Yeah, that was one thing that stuck with me from last year is, you know, I got we got off the we got a bus. We sort of traveled in style, as it were. Uh, and yeah. we, we got we got off and we were there, you know, three or four hours before it even started. And the amount of people who were there just almost just like you say, just to soak up the atmosphere, just to get a feel for the place was like nothing I've really ever experienced before. You know, if you go to football, no one's there you know, 20 minutes before the game. But this place was just rammed right from the off. Um, yeah, it is. Indeed. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really special. I mean, the, the build-up has been going on for so, so long. I think people just want to spend the whole day at the race course, besides the racing, just kind of soaking up as much of the atmosphere as they can. It really is unlike any other sport. I mean, I've been to the Olympics. I've been to tennis matches. I've been to football matches. Nothing's quite like the Cheltenham Festival. It seems this year especially is uh, is sort of, is looking like a very special festival. And I don't, and maybe that's just because I'm sort of, it's sort of my second year of following it. Last year was great, but this year there seems to be so much hype around it, so much build up. And I, as you say, you're just buzzing. I think everyone's just buzzing for it to start and can't wait. Horse racing let go, sort of goes hand in hand with betting. Cheltenham saw around £600 million bet on the festival last year. Um, I just thought we'd focus a little bit on this year's festival and how it's looking, how it's shaping up as a betting proposition. Absolutely. I mean, it really does look a special year. We've got Altior, who won the Supreme Novice. He won the Arkle. He's favourite for the champion chase. He could do a miraculous treble at the Cheltenham Festival. We've got this superb Irish horse coming over called Sam Crow, who runs in the Ballymore. He's supposed to be an absolute rocket. We've got Boover there on day two, Tuesday, running in the champion hurdle for Nicky Henderson. He's the reigning champion. And then we've got horses like Footpad and Getterbird on day one for Ruby Walsh. There really is a lot of red-hot favourites running, and I think a lot of punters are going to be getting stuck into these accumulators. And if one or two of them go down on day one, I think there's going to be carnage in the betting ring. I'm glad you mentioned Ruby because I was going to I was going to ask you about him. You know, he he sort of is Cheltenham Festival or has been for the last couple of years. Uh, is there you know should we look past him? Is there anyone else we should be sort of backing as a jockey, or is it just Ruby's festival and that's that? I mean. When you're riding for the main man, Willie Mullins, you're kind of on the best horses. And Ruby um, rides on the first day. He's in the favourite in the first on Get a Bird. He's riding Footpad in the Arkle, who again is a red-hot favourite. He's on a hell of a lot of horses who have huge chances. But there's one young jockey you should be looking out for. That's Jack Kennedy, who rides for Giggerstown over in Ireland. He's stable jockey to Gordon Elliott. He's got some big horses to ride this week, including Sam Crow and Apples Jade, who runs in the Mare's Hurdle. And she looks an absolute shoo-in at this stage. So, uh... It could be a very big week for the young Irish jockey, Jack Kennedy. Great stuff. And uh, you, you touched on Willie Mullins, you know, it, uh, a bit like Ruby. Is, is, it, is it just him that we should, you know, back every time? Or, you know, Nicky Henderson, does he have a shout? Who's taking the sort of trainer top spot at the end of the week? 
Well, this is a really good question, and the betting for this this week is really interesting. You've got Willie Mullins, your six to four favourite, and then you've got Gordon Elliott and Nicky Henderson, second favourites at nine to four. It looks really competitive. I mean, Nicky's got three horses going into this meeting who are very, very special. He's got Mike Bite, the Gold Cup favourite, Altior in the Champion Chase, and he's got Boover there for the Champion Hurdle. And Nicky, you know, he's been soaking up the pressure this week at all of these previews. He's in a, a marvellous position, and he's going to lay it down to Gordon and Willie this week. It's going to be interesting. If Willie doesn't get off to a flyer in the first two races with Get a Bird and Footpad, the betting is going to change very, very quickly. But Nicky Henderson is definitely a man to follow. Interesting. I must say, Bouverdere last year was probably my sporting highlight of, of last year. Yeah. I, I'm saying that with not really thinking too much about it, so I might be missing something sort of uh, very glaring. But, you know, that was I, I was with two mates. We both had, we all three of us had money on him. And that was, you know, it was just an unbelievable race. Uh, and it will stick with me for, for a long time. He's got a special place in my heart, I think. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're a tipster on, <laughs> on the side, maybe. Um, could you sort of one horse, one horse to look out for? When's it running? Has it got any challenges? You know, maybe you want to give me sort of an easy choice and then uh, sort of a longer shot. Okay, so I'm going to give you a horse that's a red hot favourite and that's Altior in the champion chase. And if you haven't been to Cheltenham, you should get down here just to see this horse run. He's won two races in a row at the Cheltenham Festival. He came back to Newbury after having a wind up and he absolutely hosed in. It was a really special performance. And when Nicky Henderson gets excited about a horse and says he's the fastest horse he's ever trained, considering he's tra- trained a lot of mighty champions, I think that spells out that this horse is actually, you know, potentially the best he's ever had. I think Altior in the champion chase is well worth backing. Now, if you're looking for more of a working man's price, there's a horse called Any Second Now running in the Close Brothers Handicap. That's on day two in the 5.30. He's been second to Footpad, who's favourite for the Arkle, second to Mona Lee, who's favourite for the RSA, and he's been second to a horse called Invitation Only, who's favourite for the JLT. JP McManus was in a pub that I was at the other night, and uh, he mentioned this horse to all of us. He's running off a mark of 145. You can still get 10 to 1. He could be worth an each-way punt. And finally, one that I picked up on one of these Cheltenham nights, was a horse called Nuba Negra, who runs in the Fred Winter. Harry Skelton's going to ride. He's second to a horse called Apple Shakira, who's favourite for the Triumph. Harry gave this a massive talk up at an exclusive event I was at, and he's still available to back at 10 to 1. Perfect. There you go, listeners. My present to you on the first, uh, or the blogsy's present to you on the first episode. Hopefully they all come home with a few pounds in their pocket. <laughs> Just sort of lastly, what you know, a lot of people who don't, follow Cheltenham as intently will will tune in on Friday purely for the Gold Cup. The favourite this year, I think, is Mike Bite. Uh, he ran at the festival last year, um, an extraordinary finish to his race. Should he be the favourite for the Gold Cup? Could you just explain what happened to Mike Bite last year? And, you know, he's he's got previous finishes in him. Will he, you know, will he cross the line first or is there someone else that we need to look out for? Well, this is a really good question. And the first question we need to ask ourselves is, what exactly is the ground going to be like? Because after all this snow that's been settling in, the rain apparently is supposed to come down. What might bite by Dee wants is a good surface. Now, it could be soft at Cheltenham, and that could really stretch his stamina. But we've got to remember, last year when he ran in the RSA, he basically ducked out towards the paddock. When this horse sees the paddock, he wants to go home. He gave away 15 lengths, he came back, and he won the race, beating a horse called Whisper, who's since gone on to run off a mark of 161 in the Labrook and nearly win. It's a truly phenomenal performance, and he's franked out by winning the King George this year. Ultimately, he wasn't that impressive in beating Double Shuffle, but I spoke to Nico de Bonville, and he said he had plenty left in reserve. 
Nicky said that Mike Bright's homework has been as good as ever, if not better than ever. He's 17.4 hands tall. I don't think stamina is going to be a concern here. One thing you'd definitely be worried about is him ducking out to the left because back in 2015, he'd done this in a novice hurdle at Cheltenham. So it's in his pedigree. There's something about ducking out to the side of the paddock that kind of makes him want to go home. But he's a definite favourite. Sizing John's been taken out of the race at the last minute. Unfortunate injury for Jessica Harrington. Native Rivers is second favourite at 9-2. But realistically, this race is all about Mike Bite. He's got the pedigree. He's got the class. He's done nothing wrong. He's got a few quirks, but I think most great champions all have a few quirks in them. Okay, so there's a potential for an upset, maybe, if he uh, if he wants to go home, like yeah. you say. But uh, exciting. Amazing. Well, Blogsy, thank you very much for coming on. You've been a superb first guest. I couldn't have asked for more. I don't want to say you'll be staying in the Guinness Village the whole week, but if people want to come and find you at Cheltenham, you'll be around to chat to people and uh, and sort of say hello and give them some tips, maybe? Absolutely. One of the great things about social media is meeting all the people you talk to on a regular basis, interacting with the fans, interacting with people who've got a crazy passion, just like myself. And uh, I'll be in the Guinness tent having a pint or two on course at the winner's enclosure with my selfie stick. If you fancy a selfie or a pint, be sure to hit me up there you go listeners go and say hello to blogsy thanks mate the aim of this podcast is to deep dive into areas of sport that may go uncovered by other podcasts and other media outlets this week we are starting with a cheltenham festival preview arguably one of the greatest weeks in the racing calendar described as you'll hear by one of our guests as the olympics of horse racing Coming up in a second is our second guest, George Ellick from Oddschecker, an incredibly knowledgeable man. He will give you all the tips that you could need before the racing commences on Tuesday. Seconds ticking away to post time then for the opening race of 28 of the 2017 Cheltenham Festival. It's the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle. Will it once again go to Ireland and to Willie Mullins? Butler Bake in the orange jacket there has come through cantering as they race down the water last. Jack Kennedy on La Bake has taken up the running. On the right, Mellon, the yellow sleeve jacket, and Roby Walsh is a left behind him at the final flight. La Bake heads up the hill. We doubt that he would start. He's coming home in front and fastest of them all. La Bake and Jack Kennedy have won the Skybet Supreme. Altior fours on to cement this already huge, huge reputation and list of achievement. Altior is left in front. He jumps the last clear by two lengths to Cloudy Dream in second. Audrey World is back in third. A long break to the rest. They're simply playing for places. It is Altior, last year's supreme winner. He's going to give Nicky Henderson a sixth win in the article. And it is Altior who wins. So joining me now on The View from the Tunnel is, uh, well, the co-host of the Not The Top 20 podcast and head of media relations at Odds Checker, George Ellick. George, welcome to the show. Thanks. I think I'm here as Odds Checker, but I'm glad you got the um, yeah the, the plug-in for Not The Top 20 as well. Had to give it a plug. Had to. Um, I thought we'd first start, if you could just tell us basically what Odds Checker is or tell the listeners what Odds Checker is. Yeah, so we are a site that we're partners with all the bookmakers. So I think we've got about 20 bookmakers we're partners with for racing and we compare all of the prices so to make sure that you get the best price for your bet I suppose similar to kind of Skyscanner or something like that you can 
uh, come onto our site. You can compare the odds across them and you can actually bet through us as well. So you can link all your accounts. Uh, we have an app called BetHub as well, which you can download. Um, and we also have great tips on site as well. And we have good offers. So if you're looking for those uh, those amazing Cheltenham Festival offers where you can back a horse that's even money at about 50 to 1 with, with a one-stop shop for all of that. So I fully recommend anyone who's interested in Cheltenham going to, uh, going to the site. So your tips today, they have to come off. They have to. Yeah. That's the well. I mean, I hope so for my sake as well, because I'll be backing them. So, um, but uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. Okay. Well, let's just jump into it. Um, Cheltenham Festival is obviously next week. Uh, Blogsley described it as the Olympics of horse racing, which I liked. I've heard um, it one a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does what does Cheltenham? What does it, I don't want to say what does it mean to you, but what is Cheltenham to you? Why is it so special? Why should people go? As someone who got into horse racing quite late in life and that, you know, my family aren't really into it, um, I was probably about 18 when I started to take an interest and I think it was because of Cheltenham. I think it's very easy to get very worked up about the stuff like the Ashes and the World Cup and I think I now put Cheltenham in that in that kind of range as well and the fact it happens every year is absolutely incredible. You you get to look forward to races for a whole year, you get to know the horses and, and quite often because of the Irish and English divide you don't get to see the best horses racing against each other until you get to Cheltenham. Um, and just the the build up because in about November time these these races start to take shape and so you have a good five months of imagining and trying to work out what's going to happen and and it really is just just a special special week and going there as well um, I fully recommend going on the Tuesday because when the supreme novices jumps all the noise and the roar is just just something that, that you have to see once if you're a sports fan uh, obviously you know what it is I sort of know <laughs> what it is um, could you just explain to the listener who might not know what it is uh, what it is yeah of course my excitement carried, got me carried away there um, the supreme novices hurdle is the first race of Cheltenham Festival um, and always has been and, and therefore it's the one that is associated with kind of the big role even though it's not one of the you know necessarily the biggest race of the week by any stretch it's still the one that gets you know the juices flowing because it's that first one and and, and as I said the, the, the rule when they first go is, is something to behold I thought with you George we'd focus on three big races uh, there were four but we've, ta- we've taken one out um, and then we'll also touch on on a few of the sort of the smaller ones so if we start with the Unibet champion hurdle last year Bouverdere won it Bouverdere champion hurdler. You had a song for it, didn't you, as well? We did have a song for it, yeah. We sang it quite a lot, uh, rather embarrassingly. It's his to lose, right? It certainly is, yeah. I mean, he went off 5-1 to one, um, last year for the race, and he's now best price 8-15. to 15. So to put that, for people who don't know betting, that means last year if you put a quid on, you get 5 quid profit returns. Now if you put, say, a pound 50 on, you're only getting eight, you know, 80, 80p back. So it's... He's a massive, massive favourite. He's done nothing wrong whatsoever, and it's hard to see why he would get beat. And and you look at the you know the other horses in the field, the likes of Faheen and York Hill, both Willie Mullins horses who've been absolutely superb in the past. But you feel like somewhere along, along the line in the last twelve months or so, um, Faheen used to have the nickname Faheen the Machine, and was seen as being possibly the, the best horse in in training and in, in jumps racing. And now he's a thirteen to two shot against Bouverdere, which shows. Uh, a massive change in, in the power uh, dimensions there. There's one horse that I want to touch on, though, for those people who aren't interested in backing an 8-15 to 15 shot, um, which is totally fair enough because, you know, you're not going to get rich that way and it's and it's a quick way to do your money if, if something happens. Uh, a horse called My Tent or Yours, who, who's now 11 years old, uh, is trained by Nicky Henderson, who's the same trainer as as uh, Bouverdere, um, has amazing course form, has never finished outside the first two at Cheltenham, so absolutely loves Cheltenham, is so popular at the race course for that reason, but is always the bridesmaid, uh, has finished second five times uh, and won, won his last start there. And I think that, you know, I mentioned the raw for the Supreme, I think if, if my ten or yours somehow manages to to get his, his nose in front of his stable mate, it, it would be one of the you know, one of the stories of, of Cheltenham history. 
Yeah, you mentioned uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. This could be uh, this could be the year. It could be. I, I think it's a long shot. Um, if you go onto the odds checker site, you'll see that there are different markets that you can have a bet on as well. So, because Bouverdeir is so short, is is such a short price. Uh, you can look at the without Bouverdeir market, which means you can back. You know, you, you're you're batting for second basically, and uh, and there he's about my tent on yours is about the four to one mark, which is maybe a more interesting bet because you know if he finishes second, you get a decent payout. But uh, and Wicklow Brave is another horse that deserves. Um, I mentioned as well another Willie Mullins horse, another horse who, who's done it before here. So it, it, it's it's an interesting. I've called it on an, on another um, similar show at the kind of the Galacticos race in a way uh, because there are all these horses that are big names who you're still not really sure if they're if they're still up to it, um, except for Bouverdeau who who looks like unless one of these horses can roll back the years, just has to jump round and we'll finish in front. I saw a great uh, a great video today on Bouverdeau uh, where they were interviewing his stable hand I guess they call them um, uh, where she said uh, the, the interviewer asked sort of does he know does he know he's good and she just replied yes uh, and that, I just really enjoyed that that yeah. she might know that a horse just sort of walks around the place like he knows I think that's, who he is I think that's exactly right I think he's he's you know, one of many stable stars at Henderson's Yard and I was, I was out at the Unibet who, who sponsored the race so I was out there preview night on Monday and uh, and everyone was talking about Bouverdeau and Henderson wanted to talk about about my tent or yours, who he affectionately calls Tent. And he said, you know, let's talk about Tent. And someone in the crowd said, well, could he win? And Nicky goes, no. <laughs> Which I think sums up, you know, the the emotion and the passion that, that goes into these horses. And and certainly, you know, there's not a horse in, in this race uh, who, who won't have a huge following and a huge fan base on course uh, come Tuesday. Perfect. Um, so let's move on to the Queen Mother Champion Chase. This has the potential to be a hell of a race. Uh, I mean, quite ridiculous, really. Um, yeah. Could you just, why, why, why is that? So Altior is the eight to 11 uh, favorite and is arguably the best horse in training right now. Also belongs to Nicky Henderson. Um, he has had some issues in the last year or so and came back off a long layoff um, about a month or six, about a month ago uh, to win very, very easily against a horse called Politolog of, of Paul Nichols's, who was having a great year and he, and he absolutely hosed up. Um, there are concerns that horses who come back very quickly before Cheltenham struggle when they go back to the back to the yard, back, back to the course or back to to racing. But uh, and he takes on a horse called Min, who uh, who's always basically finished behind Altior at Cheltenham. And there are some people who who think that Min has improved this year enough that can that he can maybe improve beyond Altior. He's about eleven to four. But the really interesting horse, a stable mate of Min's for Willie Mullins, is Duvan. Uh, Duvan personally is probably my favourite, one of my favourite horses ever. Um, won the Supreme Novices, the race we talked about earlier, very easily. Uh, then went on to win the Arkle with an unbelievable uh, display of jumping. And then last year, I think at two to nine, so massive odds on in the champion chase, totally fluff, fluffed his lines, couldn't jump, couldn't run. And it was unbelievably sad to see. And we haven't seen him since. Yet here he is, entered for the race at about nine to two. And, and for the last... Two years or so, everyone's dreamt about the the Altior Duvan uh, matchup. It's been the you know the stuff that people have been waiting for. And whilst it's sad that we're not sure if Duvan is still the horse that he once was, there's nothing to necessarily suggest he isn't. And you'd think that if Willie Mullins has kept him in training and does enter him into this race, there's a chance that we could get to see it after all. The sort of messy Ronaldo coming up against each other potentially. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and again, Duvan's such a popular horse. And and I I was there last year when he, when he did. Um, struggle in this race, and it was it was really sad um, because you were you were seeing 
a legend at what should have been you know the height of his game um just a shadow of himself of himself and so if he could come back to the scene of where that happened 12 months later and, and put it right against you know the rival that he's never met it would be it would be a hell of a story we'll touch on the gold cup in a second the other races of the week you touched on the on on the first one of the of the festival obviously that's pretty special because of the raw what other races should people tune into if they're you know if they're sat at work bored on a, on a on sort of thursday afternoon you know or yeah i mean the, well, the, the one that you you mentioned there the supreme and the ballymore uh, they're both novice hurdles which means that they're new they're new races um so they're new horses to the uh, to the fold so the horse we've mentioned already, Altior won the Supreme, Duvan won the Supreme, Min came second in the Supreme, um, York Hill won the uh, won the Ballymore. So these are the horses of tomorrow. Um, and there's a horse called Sam Crow, who we think is going to run in the Ballymore. He's, he's odds on, I think he's best prize five to six, which is a huge price if uh, if he does run there. There's a chance he, he may go for the shorter trip, which is a Supreme. But he is a horse trained by Gordon Elliott and Ardent, who who could be something really, really special. Um, he looks like he could have, be the real deal in a horse that we're going to be talking about in the same breath as, as some of the greats. So whatever whatever race he runs in, whether it's uh, 1.30 on Tuesday in the Supreme, more likely 1.30 on Wednesday in the uh, in the Ballymore, that is definitely, definitely one to tune in on into. And I'd also say, I'm a bit biased here, but I'd also tune into the Arkle, which is the second race on Tuesday. Footpad is the favourite, but there's a horse called St Calvados, who's best price 4 to 1. Um, who's trained by by a guy called Harry Whittington, who's a, um, a you know a friend of mine, I would say. Um, I've been to the yard recently to to interview him, but this last year Harry had a virus in the yard, so couldn't make it to to, to Cheltenham. He's by no means a, a you know a big trainer. He doesn't have a huge huge amount of horses, but uh, he's got this horse called St Calvados, who hadn't run in the UK since until the 30th of of December, uh, has won all three of his starts by a combined 36 lengths, um, and is you know, that kind of horse that could put Harry on the map and. It's, one, it's a case where if, if he was trained by someone a bit better known, maybe, uh, he would, certainly wouldn't be four to one. And so that could be a, uh, you know, a bit of a tearjerker, I guess, if he, can, if he can get to the front of the Arkle. Great stuff. And I said it to Bloggsy earlier, you know, with Cheltenham, probably a vast majority of people won't even tune in until Friday. They'll, they, they, <laughs> they, know, they know the Gold Cup's coming up. Well, uh, it gets in the way as well, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Exactly that. I should say that on because this is the work <laughs> podcast. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> But the Gold Cup is is something special. It's up, you know, it's up there with the national. Talk us through runners and riders again. I just want to know sort of what you're thinking, where your money's going, because if your money's going there, I'm sure the listeners' money's will go there as well. So sizing John last year's winner came out yesterday, so I should say that first. So it's all taken a bit of a different look today. Um, Mike Bite is the seven to two favourite, the winner of the King George at Kempton on Boxing Day. Uh, Native River eleven to two, uh, R Duke eight to one, and then. Road to respect ten to one, Kalatovic eleven to one. So you're looking at those front three in the market, really. Um, Mike Bite, famously last year, for anyone watching on the uh, on the Wednesday, was it Thursday? He um, jumped the first, jumped the last miles ahead, and then seemingly decided to go for a Guinness in the Guinness tent and and veered straight to his right. And Nico de Boinville, the jockey, somehow managed to straighten him up and get him to the line. And what's got to be one of the most dramatic races in in you know, in Cheltenham history. He has his quirks. Uh, he's unbelievably talented um, but you know I should say backing him probably comes with a health warning because you may think you've won and and, <laughs> and it might not be the case but that's why he's 7-2 to two. so I'll be fairly happy uh, to back him at 7-2 to two. I know it's, it's, it's nothing too special because he's a favourite what I would say is R Duke who's the third favourite for Jesse Harrington um, beat a horse called Presenting Percy um, last time out and this is a bit of a weird one where if you Presenting Percy is now favourite for the RSA chase so if presenting Percy wins that wins the RSA chase, if you're quick, and you, you might get a good price on our Duke before it goes. 
That's one to keep your finger on the pulse for. <laughs> Can't blame my Mike Bite for wanting to go to the Guinness Village, I don't think. Absolutely not. Well, perfect. Well, I hear you cannot make it down to Cheltenham. No. Um, but we wish everyone who is going or who is betting on it well. Is there anything you'd like to give a shout out to, uh, well, to uh, the listeners? Just you know, point fo- them in the direction. Follow Odds Checker on uh, on Facebook and on, on Twitter and on and Instagram and Snapchat because we'll be doing loads. And loads. I mean, the reason I'm not going is because of the content we'll be doing throughout the the days. So um, if you want to keep up to date with what we think and what's happening, uh, it should be a pretty easy and entertaining way to do so. I would recommend following Odds Checker uh, massively. I've seen a lot of the content and it is top draw so uh george thank you very much um my second guest on the podcast it's uh it's been great having you um thanks mate and uh yeah we'll see you soon i'm sure good luck thank you <laughs> and i think anton portu has got a pretty good chance of defying history by becoming a back-to-back winner of the race now anton portu and the stripes noble endeavor and davy russell with the pink cap of single farm payment the three were in line at the last they hit up towards the line single farm payment but last year's winner anton portu is going to make him battle they stride for stride anton portu the near side a slender leader with single farm payment they have hit the line together well there you have it two great guests a load of tips before Cheltenham for you to bet your hard-earned money and hopefully win some much needed money I'm sure this has been the view from the tunnel podcast if you'd like to follow our progress follow Mongoose Agency at Mongoose Agency and you can follow me at Milo McKean uh, on Twitter where you'll get all the latest podcast news Uh, we are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Subscribe, and I know everyone says it, but like and give us five stars and nice comments. See you next time. And now for the 2017 Stan James Champion Hurdle. Noel Feely can wait no more, and now he urges there to go and try and seal the deal in the Champion Hurdle. It is there who comes the last. He's clear by three. In second is my tenth or yours. In third is Petit Mouchoir. They've got 150 yards to go. It will be a 50th win at the Cheltenham Festival for over J.P. McManus, and there is the Champion Hurdler. He is getting the wobbles. He's rifting over to the near side, pulling himself up. Whisper now draws alongside. Mike Bay might have thrown this away. Whisper joins in. Mike Bay rallies. He might get put it over the fire. Whisper and Mike to the line. Cheltenham now bathed in weak evening sunlight as we draw day one to a close.